0: Welcome to episode number six of The Funding Coach. My name is Don Gooding, and I'm the founder of Four Colors of Money for Entrepreneurs, a blog, podcast, training videos, and other resources, all designed to help you figure out what's the right mix of bootstrapping, grants, loans, and equity, and especially figure out what you should be doing now to get the right color of money for you. Here on The Funding Coach, I help real businesses with real funding problems so that you can figure out how to start and grow your business. In this episode, I'm following up on an interview I did with Ben Nussbaum, who is a junior at Bates College who just won the Bobcat Venture Challenge with his new business concept called Floor. The basic premise of Floor is that there's a problem for lots of online consumer brands who have products that really require consumers to touch, to see, to feel the products before they actually buy. And so he's taking an idea that actually has started with some early startup companies. But the no- notion is to have essentially a virtual store that's rented out to a whole bunch of different brands In a relatively small total space, but a place that has lots of foot traffic. So you're giving the online brands an opportunity to communicate with consumers the value of their products uh, up close and personal. So that's the basic notion. First, I want to talk about business pitch competitions, which are a major source of early stage funding for companies. And then I want to spend a little bit on a particular point that I pushed Ben on, which is trying to be open in the process of customer discovery to finding out what people's problems are, even if those problems are coming from a source that maybe hadn't originally thought about. And then finally, just talk a little bit more about the customer discovery process that Ben is embarking on and how important that is early on in the development of a company, taking an idea and trying to turn it into a company, and how that relates to the process of trying to get longer term equity funding or other kinds of funding for a business. So let's start with the world of business plan competitions and business pitch competitions. I personally started to get acquainted with that world back in 2010. I had just decided that I wanted to spend essentially the rest of my career helping entrepreneurs and thought, what's the best way to try to do this? I talked to the University of Southern Maine. And they had had a business plan competition running for a number of years, but it was on hiatus for a year. And so I raised my hand and volunteered to manage it, maybe get paid if I was able to raise enough corporate sponsorship money. And as I often do when I get interested in something, I quickly dove deep into the world of business plan competitions and found there was, in fact, a very wide world. In the university realm, it's kind of an interesting story. Back in the early 80s, a couple of MBA students at the University of Texas Business School looked with a bit of jealousy at their law school friends who had something called moot court, C-O-U-R-T, and they said, well, we want something that's also going to simulate the real world. So we're going to do a competition that we'll call Moot Corp, C-O-R-P. So that was the beginnings of the world of student business plan competitions. And since then, they have grown and proliferated all over the world. And there are a lot of different kinds. Let me quickly just run through them accelerators which are programs especially targeted for startups that aspire to be very large and disruptive and have equity accelerators will often have competitions in order to get into the accelerator program there are also other kinds of competitions held by other organizations that are trying to look at deal flow conferences industry conferences sometimes have competitions in order to attract interesting companies, but also to provide essentially entertainment to the people coming to the conference. There are also other kinds of impact organizations that are trying to change the world, and they see competitions as a way to collect young companies that have disruptive ideas that might be good for the world. And in addition to that, there are economic development organizations typically associated with government that are trying to create uh, economic growth in an area and increase tax base. Some of them see business plan competitions or pitch competitions as a way to stir entrepreneurship and therefore lead to economic growth. There are also a few major corporations who are trying to do good things for their brand image. And they see associating with young startup companies being good for their brands. And so they have competitions. And finally, there are even membership organizations that will have a business plan competition in order to get potential new members to self-identify, come and uh, participate and see how great the organization is going to be. So that's a lot of different reasons for a business Plan or a business pitch competition. And I, I use the phrase either business plan or business pitch because there are a lot of different requirements for getting into a competition. It used to be in very early days, the expectation was you would be developing a full business plan and you would be judged both on the quality of that plan as well as your pitch of that plan to a bunch of judges. But with the uh, the advent of Shark Tank, now, of course, pitch competitions in and of themselves have become a very big thing. And so there may be just a little bit of work or there may be a lot of work associated with trying to get on the stage in front of the judges to have a shot at winning the prize money. Now, prize money, of course, is always a good thing, and it varies extremely widely from maybe... to some of the local competitions I've seen here in Maine, all the way up to a million dollars from some of the very largest ones. I did do a blog post about some of those largest competitions, so you can see what the calendar is over the course of a year for some of the largest competitions, both for university students as well as for businesses as a whole. But in addition to the prize money, you should also be looking at some of the other value-added elements that are sometimes associated with competitions. Training, that's always a big one. And in the case of universities, it's pretty common to see a variety of either short classes, tutorials, or put-together seminars that helped train first-time entrepreneurs or people who aren't even familiar with the entrepreneurial process to step them through the process from going from idea to a fully implemented company. And in the interview with Ben Nussbaum, he did cite that training as something that was super important for him. In addition... Many of the competitions have mentors, some of whom will work with the competitors or the would-be competitors ahead of getting on stage. I have done that myself here in Maine for the Top Gun program, where I've done some pitch coaching for people who ultimately are trying to get on stage and win some prize money. There are also, in addition to the mentor's other kinds of connections or other kinds of networks that you can plug into. If you think about a university, they love to tap into their alumni network. It's not only good for the student competitors, but also good for the college because they want to have a tight working relationship with potentially wealthy alumni who might be contributors to the college over time. But there are plenty of other networks that you can get plugged into for example, some of the industry conferences that are putting on competitions, that's obviously bringing together a sector that would be relevant for you potentially as a startup. And sometimes there are also investors who show up as part of that networking. And finally, getting visibility as a whole is a good thing for early stage companies, usually, unless you want to be in stealth mode, which is to say that you don't want to tell anybody about what you have until you release it to the world. But for the most part, most young companies like to get some visibility because that can lead to all sorts of other benefits. And there are plenty of stories of young companies that have been through startup pitch competitions or business plan competitions and have gained visibility that has led to good things over time. So again, if you're thinking about entering a competition, look at all the value add and see whether or not that's going to align with what you need to be doing. A couple words of caution though. First of all, Don't be fooled into thinking that winning a prize in a competition like this is actually validation because, in fact, these are judges who are not the same as customers and often are not the same as investors writing their own checks. It's a good step. It's a first step to get an assurance that, no, it's not a totally crazy idea, but it's not the same as customers writing a check to buy your product. Another thing to be cautious about is that some entrepreneurs get very good at winning a competition, and so they become serial competitors, and their focus starts to shift towards, what do I have to do to convince the next round of judges that this is a great idea, as opposed to, what do I have to do to turn this idea into a business with products and services that customers will pay me money for. So you have to be careful about that. But I should note that this issue of focusing on the wrong thing can also be true for companies that go into accelerators, companies that raise other kinds of equity. You know, you get focused on how am I going to raise the next round from other investors? How am I going to make investors happy as opposed to customers? And it's also true that there are some companies that get addicted, if you will, to certain kinds of federal grants. There's a term called mill. SBIRs are a big federal grant program for science and technology projects that various arms of the government are interested in doing. It's a set aside for small businesses, but there are organizations Who basically are good at writing a grant, getting a grant, spending it, showing they've got a certain amount of success in their research, but then never actually turning it into a commercial product that is sold and is bringing value to the marketplace. So in all kinds of grants, it's possible to become addicted to the grants, which will then uh, sway your focus away from customers, which is ultimately where it needs to be in order to build a successful business. Another thing just to be careful of is sometimes the process of getting onto that stage for a competition can be highly distracting. Two companies ago on The Funding Coach, I was talking with Amanda O'Brien, who had been through some of the competitions, but she was asking, should I go into this next competition? And my recommendation ultimately was where you are today and how much time you have and what your priorities are. It's probably not the best use of your time because it is a low probability, as with all competitions, that you'll actually get the prize money. And if you're not on the path towards creating a business plan to creating the content that ultimately is used by judges in a competition to judge whether or not you should be winning, if you're not already on that path, it can actually be distracting from perhaps some other important elements like creating the product or actually getting real customers. So with those caveats, I think ultimately competitions are a really important potential source of funding for companies at the very earliest stage Because when you are just at the idea stage, it's incredibly challenging to get funding. And so competitions fill a really important role in seeding companies at that very early stage. This episode of The Funding Coach is brought to you by Branding Compass. You probably know that building a brand is important, but you don't have tens of thousands of dollars lying around to pay a branding company. And that is why the interactive online tool Branding Compass was created for companies just like yours. It's like working with an award-winning branding firm, but for a fraction of the price. Branding Compass walks you through the questions that a branding firm would typically ask. And if you need some help on some of those questions, well, Branding Compass includes a course to help you build a stronger brand. The system provides automated expert advice so that you get really useful output from the process, including recommendations for a color palette, typefaces, and imagery, as well as a unique value proposition and even an ideal customer profile. And that's just for the basic version of Branding Compass. If you need more help, you can get it. I was a beta customer for Branding Compass and I found it extremely helpful back in my early days. You can see my customer testimonial at brandingcompass.com and while you're there, sign up for the Branding Compass plan that's right for you. And use the coupon code, the funding coach, all one word, all lowercase, to save $10 on any licensing option. Let's move on to Ben's big question, which was the right one. Basically, now that I've got this seed money, what do I do with it? What's the best use of that money? I admire Ben for asking that important question. And not assuming that he knows what to be doing with it. I'm a firm believer in the Steve Blank and Eric Reese process of customer development, embodied in Eric Reese's book, The Lean Startup, and Steve Blank's book, The Startup Owner's Manual. And basically, the idea is that in the very early stages, the founders of the business need to do face to face interviews. With a bunch of people, potential customers, but also potential distribution channels and potential suppliers, so that they get a really direct view of what the opportunity is, what the problems are that uh, they think that they're trying to solve, and ultimately sort out what the business model is going to look at. There are lots and lots of resources, and I'll post to a few of them on the customer discovery process. But one of the things that I've definitely noted as I've taught the Steve Blank methodology is that there is sometimes a reticence by entrepreneurs to do that direct work themselves. Instead, they want to do like an online survey. It's a little less scary than actually doing the face-to-face interviews. And so – Hats off to Ben Nussbaum for actually going out into the field and visiting his competitors' stores of talking on the phone with online brands of reaching out directly. And frankly, I think that's what he needs to be doing more of because he's still in that very early stage. So if you have seed money, make sure that you are maybe getting out of your comfort zone And using some of that seed money to travel face-to-face to to the people who are going to be important to the future of your business, go to those online resources about either Steve Blank or Eric Reese and learn the entire process because it's actually a very involved process and there's a specific sequencing of first asking about the problems before you say, hey, here's my product. But just a couple other things about Ben's search. During the interview, I pushed back a bit on the issue of whether or not commercial real estate owners would be playing an important part in his business. Because I saw the potential for there being multiple different parties who all have problems. And if you can come up with a solution that solves everybody's problem, that's what when you really have a winner. And that's coming from a couple of different places. First of all, when I was teaching the business model canvas, one of my aha moments was that the value proposition sits in the middle. And in fact, all sorts of people have value propositions. And that's part of the challenge of building a startup. So you're creating value for customers and different segments of customers to be sure. But you also have to create a value proposition for your distribution channels and for your key resources and key partners. And when you put it all together and you're building a business that creates value in multiple directions, well, that's really a key to success because all sorts of people want you to be successful. As just one recent example, I wrote a post recently called The $50,000 Cup of Coffee. I met with an entrepreneur who was looking for funding at a coffee shop, not unusual at all. And it just so happened that somebody who sat down next to us turned into somebody who's going to invest in his business. But what's relevant here is that this entrepreneur's business was kind of like Ben Nussbaum's. In this case, this entrepreneur had created a new kind of mobile kiosk that could serve the cold foods from area restaurants who maybe didn't have the critical mass to open a new retail store at a particular location, but by having this small virtual space, if you will, they could expand their footprint, and it also provided high quality branded food very quickly for the end customers because they could order online. And one of the things that I remember from talking with this entrepreneur is that in the course of his customer discovery, talking to lots of different people, he found that office building owners, as well as large corporations who had their own buildings, saw his offering as solving a problem for them. Because it was basically bringing a perk, a benefit to that particular location so that if it was super easy to get great convenient food quickly right there in the building, well, it made the building the location more attractive. And of course, in the case of the employers, it kept some employees (laughs) basically Closer to their desk, less time traveling for lunch and more just eating this great lunch at their desks. So by finding multiple parties who all have problems that you're solving, this entrepreneur was going to be able to build a more robust business in part because if he could find locations that embrace him because he's solving their problem well, it drives down his cost of doing business. And so in the case of Ben Nussbaum and his idea of a company floor, it's similar that if he can find real commercial real estate owners who have a problem and he can be part of the solution to that problem, as well as solving the problem for online brands, as well as the customers who want to understand what's out there, what's new, what's cool and touch and feel and look at online products in a way that they can't do virtually, well, then he's got potentially a much more robust business because he's got that value proposition that is solving problems in all directions. In summary, then, I think Ben Nussbaum is going in the right direction uh, with Floor. He's taking his eight or $9,000 from winning the Bates Bobcat Venture Challenge And he's going to try to do some customer discovery to try to make sure that he's got a viable business. And in particular, he was trying to turn this customer discovery general question asking into actual signed contracts. It's always good to have a plan B. And I would say for him, a plan B would be to say, well, if I can't get people to actually sign on the dotted line on a letter committing to do this if I get funding, the next best thing would be to turn all the things he's learned, if he's convinced that it still is a viable business, and turn that into an accelerator application. And even though, yes, I cautioned about not being a serial competition enterer, if that's a word, I do think that for a company that is at this early stage, and in particular A college student who doesn't have a huge amount of relevant domain experience, that an accelerator program can, in fact, be the way to bring the idea further to the point that it could actually be a viable option and get some early seed equity investment in order to propel the company towards an actual launch. With that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of The Funding Coach. Next time, we'll be back for another entrepreneur interview. But for now, make sure you head on over to fourcolorsofmoney.com. That's F-O-U-R, colorsofmoney.com, where I've included some links and resources related to today's show in the show notes for episode number zero six. You can leave your thoughts there, and I'd love to hear what you have to say about what I had to say today. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please do head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It's critical for our future success. So we're trying to help each other here, help the entrepreneurs who appear on the show, build a community of entrepreneurs helping themselves so I'd appreciate it if you'd head over to iTunes when you're not doing your daily workout or doing your daily commute or whatever daily thing that you're doing while you're listening to the podcasts. I very much appreciate you listening, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon here on The Funding Coach.